Hi, everybody. It's episode 487 of PodQuest. Hey. Hey. It is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Yeah, I'm here. How you guys doing? Tired. Same. It's been a long week, and I've only worked today so far. Same. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm doing. I'm doing. This weekend was uh, not a good weekend for me mentally, and so I'm now trying to catch up on everything I didn't do this weekend that I should have, and I'm stressing out over the fact that I have so much to do. I can understand that. I'm just, I, I think I'm just tired from the weekend, because I was at concerts Friday and Saturday, and just exhausted all day Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, um, if I didn't have a dog to feed, I probably would have stayed in bed all day Saturday. That's no good. Yeah, that's you gotta, what kind of day it was. You gotta get up and dance. Uh, I don't, I don't dance. My ankles don't let me. Jazzercise. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's why I went out and saw a movie on Saturday is because I was like, I just, I need to get out of this house. I'm driving myself crazy. I'm just sad. Let me get out of this house and do something. Oh, what movie did you say? Godzilla. Oh, that's a movie. Yes. What's the name of the show? What's the show? Legacy of Monarch Legacy of Right, right. I forgot that's what it was called. I have no idea what this Godzilla thing is you told me to put on here. That could have been a a game. It could have been a fucking comic. It's like the number one movie right now, Cobb. I don't. So I'm not made, even kidding. Yeah. So it made like ten dollars. <laughs> no, it's it's like it is. I I don't I don't know what the it's made so much above its budget. It's made so much more money than people were expecting. I don't I don't know like the details. We can get into it when we talk about it. Yeah, I, um, I'm just checked out of that stuff. Like I'm not going to the movies, so I don't really pay attention to like what's in the theaters. I've heard the name a couple times, but I, I legitimately thought it was like a game or like something. I didn't realize it was like a movie in theaters. Um, is, is it like a like a Japanese Godzilla movie? Yes, it's a Toho official Japanese Godzilla movie. Huh. That uh, I'll get into this more when we talk about it. Uh, people brought their young children to go see. It's subtitled. Oh, that must have been great. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I mean, the children, like like I said in the past, Cobb, I've never had bad experiences at movie theaters like you have. The children behaved, and they weren't annoying, or maybe they left. I'm not really 100% sure, but I didn't have a bad experience. But I just thought it was funny that they brought their young children. I feel like they probably would have just left after they realized none of it was in English. I think I think one, I think one of the parents was a Karen and, and, and left and complained. Um, but you know what? Their website, like, like I just know from like anime movies, all the movie um, sites specifically say whether it's a sub or dub. Uh, the, the budget was under 15 million USD and it has grossed over 53 million USD. Like, it is... And that's like double right now because the yen is worth nothing. Yeah, it is like, and that, like, it's still in theaters until Thursday in the, in the US. Oh, so it's like, um, like a limited run thing. Yeah. And that's extended till Thursday. Like they extended it a week. Like it was only going to be out from... Uh, PAX weekend, um, so the first until, like, the eighth, but they extended it another week. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll never see it, but that's interesting. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We will. Well, you'll talk about it. Drew and I will listen. I know. And and you couldn't see, but I definitely did, I I definitely didn't do air quotes when I said listen. (laughs) I know, I know. Absolutely didn't do that. Um, (laughs) Rich, what's on the agenda, though? Uh, we'll start with our book club. Uh, we watched Groundhog Day, not Hogs, Hog Day, 
which I think you even texted Groundhog's Day at one point, Cub. I probably did, um, because it's supposed to have an S on it. I don't give a fuck. And, and Cub, I believe it's your choice for the next book. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a rough one, guys. I apologize. Um, then, uh, we can have a, a small discussion about, uh, the Game Awards. Um, or, I mean, the game trailer extravaganza. Uh, E3 was announced today to officially be done. Uh, Cobb, you watched a show called School Spirits. I, as I've already said, watch Godzilla Minus One, or seen Godzilla Minus One. And Cobb, you played a board game this weekend called Sushi Boat. Yes. These are all facts. Sticking to them. Yep. So Groundhog's Day. When does that movie get funny? See, you didn't even catch it. I put the, I put the S on there. I know. I, I'm, I'm now sad that we're talking about this movie that I thought was boring as fuck. Same. I liked it. No, I'm with Richie on this one. You don't like movies, though, either. I mean, fair, but this was particularly he, not good. He I mean, he's tends, also 30 years old. He he tends to like comedies, though, and that's what this, this is, is supposed true. to be. Uh, that is like, fair. If there is a genre that is going to get me, it will be a comedy. I'm with yeah. Richie. This one was not a comedy. Uh, like, and I feel like, Cub, have you seen Groundhog Day before? Yes. When you were a child, or at least younger, like probably I, I, 15 plus years ago? So I saw it both when I was like a child of maybe like 10 or 11, and also when I was, yeah, like in my like early 20s. Uh, Drew. Yes. Have you ever seen Groundhog Day before? Nope. Neither have I, and I think that's why you liked it, Cobb. I mean, I maybe. Think, I think you had the nostalgia wool over your eyes, because this movie is 100% a product of its time, and it's not a good product of its time. I mean, it's definitely a product of its time. I also don't mind when movies follow people that are just awful. And he is very much just awful. This is my... Like, he's not a good person. Even at the end of the movie, arguably, still not a good person. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Drew, it sounded like you had something you wanted to say uh, before I go on my rant. Did you have something you wanted to say? Um, I mean, not super particularly, but other than, like... Like Cobb said, at the end of the movie, he's still a bad person. I don't think he ever yeah. learned a lesson. Like No. He he No no Drew. He learned many lessons. He no. is an expert at piano. He is, he can fucking ice sculpture. He knows how to change a tire. No, he learned many skills. He learned zero lessons. Look, we saw him take at least one lesson with the piano. I assume he took other lessons. But but that that's the like the point of a a time time loop story is for the character to change and to grow and to become a better person like that's no, the point that is, is your them. assumption no that is the point of a time loop is for them to learn a lesson and is for them to change and, and to understand like look at the flash and all of their time loop stories it was always about growth it was always about change. yeah because that and, that show was very predictable after the 50th fucking time they did a time loop they and, did three well, of like, them in the final season like any other time loop is always about learning basically learning how to end the loop learning how to change learning what you did wrong and the thing is that what he did wrong was he didn't sleep with the producer no i was going to say like he did like wrong. literally and, he was trapped for 30 years until he got laid by that one woman like and that's, that's that's the movie's arc and it that, he he's a bad person but like it doesn't make me dislike the movie no, but it makes me dislike the movie because the bad person gets away with the good ending, even though he's still a bad person. Like, you don't know if he's meant 
mental state has changed into where he's like, you know what, I gotta live life for the better. Because his last days, he was rescuing people and making sure everyone was good. And so, like, you don't know if he keeps that going, or if he continues to be a pretentious fucking asshole who's just a weather new- a local weather news reporter for fucking Pittsburgh. Which, like, he's tracks been- tracks for a local weatherman. I- Look, we we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys mentioned John Borales, which apparently I, I didn't know. Borales, whatever. Uh, which apparently he was a dick. I didn't know this. So he was um, not even a dick. He was very full of himself, though. Yeah. yeah like I like I I because he was what ABC Fox and he, he was, was he Fox? NBC initially. Oh and then yeah, he got no, ru- you're right. He got run out of town after the uh, the w- the blizzard of '96 that that um he said wasn't going to happen. Okay. And then I think came back to Fox a number of years later and then like, got run like out of town mo- again. More than a decade later cuz he he used to be the, the um the weatherman for Preston and Steve essentially. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I remember him going on the show from time to time. And like like I just I I have a hard time believing that like a local weather newscaster is going to be like, I'm the talent, and I'm the best, and no one is better than me. And, but th- that uh, movie like, is not the first or only time that that is how that's portrayed of the news anchor for, like, no, literally the local news being, like, a douchebag. News anchor and weatherman, two different uh, 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 two different stories, in my but, opinion. Like, yes, but no. Like, like the, the person working on a local network affiliate being a douche is not all that unheard of in movies. True. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, uh, true. But it's just and like... He at least worked for Pittsburgh, which is a major city. It's not like he was coming out of, like, fucking, I don't know, like... <laughs> it's not like he was the Punxsutawney weathercaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, uh, it's just, like... The movie just starts with him being a complete pretentious asshole, and I was like, "Dude, he's a pretentious asshole until the last fifteen minutes of the movie." Yeah, where then he's like, "I'm gonna use my power for good and save everyone every day," and and it's like, then you think like, "Oh, for however long he was in this time loop for thirty to forty years." Is that did he really say that? Um, so Harold Ramis, who was the director, maybe the writer too. Uh, from Ghostbusters fame, fame Harold yeah. Ramis. That was the last movie they worked on together before um, they had a falling out. Too, mm-hmm. they didn't. They did not talk again until Harold Ramis um, was like dying. But um, he he said in an interview that based on like the the theory that it takes ten thousand hours to master a skill, um, he believes that that character would have been stuck in that time loop for thirty to forty years. That is not good. <laughs> like no. Because to be stuck in that in that for thirty to forty, like I can't even tell you how much I've forgotten in thirty to forty in thirty years. I was gonna say thirty to forty years, but I haven't lived forty years yet. But I can't tell you how much I've forgotten in thirty years. And for him to be stuck in this time loop for thirty to forty years to master all these skills, sure, that's possible because that's mostly muscle memory. But here's my one thing about time loops that doesn't really work: there is no such thing as muscle memory in a time loop because your body has never experienced that before. Your body's still experiencing everything every day for the first time. It's your mind that is experiencing so everything you, else. You're using rules that we're not aware of, though. We do not know what the, we do not know what the limitations of this time loop is. But if he dies, he comes back to life. He killed himself five times, and he it comes was, back. It, to I think life, it was more than and, that. But y- you get what I'm saying. Like his body never changed. Yeah, because it, it resets itself to the to his last living point. 
But, like, we don't know that, like, other things weren't carrying over. We I just mean, don't know. His memories were carrying over. I just, I, to me, like, muscle memory is, unless I don't understand what muscle memory is, but muscle memory is getting your muscles, remembering the repetitive motions of doing something perfectly or doing something in the right way. So there's a, there's another show. I forget what it's called. It's like a Netflix show. Um, you might have watched it actually. Uh, uh, my parents were telling me about it. Um, where there's like a group of people. It's Sense Eight. It's called Sense Eight. Did you ever watch that? Sense Eight. I've I've heard of it. I it, it it rings a bell in my uh in my brain. I just don't know. So it's a group of people who, for one reason or another, they all have this like specific connection, like like this mental connection. Um, and they're from all different parts of the world, all different walks of life. Like there's not really like a common denominator between them as far as I know. Um, mm-hmm. But they can, because of this connection, they can actually essentially like astral project themselves into the other person's body and do whatever their special skill is as that person, mm-hmm. which like in a lot of cases, like, so, like some of them are like physical skills that like would in theory require muscle memory. But so like, say my special skill was, 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 I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Say my special skill was sleight of hand tricks, magic tricks. I can project myself into your body and do sleight yeah. of hand magic tricks in your body. That's yeah. That's basically what they were doing in the show, from what my parents were saying. See, yeah, I, I guess sci-fi I does know. what I, sci-fi does. Because like that, there are that, no rules in fiction. That is that is kind of kind of counter. Because I was gonna say, but that's them remembering how to do the things. But it's. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just... I... Look, I just thought this movie was just boring. It's because you, you have no sense of humor. We get it. I... Please, I've got a great sense of humor. No, you watch all those weird fucking, like... You watch The Office. <laughs> okay, so does Cobb. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... So I... does, like, most of the country? Basically. Or the bitches. world? I mean, look, the The Office is not the best show ever. But it's funny, and it's easy to just yeah. put on as background noise. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. It has its moments. That's, like, there was not a moment in this movie where I thought, that's good. That's funny. Like, and there, there it wasn't, it was, it was very much a dry comedy type movie. It was not, like, full on, like, physical bits or anything like that, because... I like I don't know. I feel like when I think Bill Murray, I think physical bits. It's not That's definitely like pre like 90s Bill Murray like Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, Scrooge. Yeah. I feel like and he, I was... he, he kind of like started like like going away from like that stuff. Yeah. And I, I guess that's kind of what I was expecting more was like the physical bits and like this movie to me felt more like a drama than it did a comedy. But it's labeled as a fantasy comedy. I was gonna say, is it labeled as as a full comedy or was it like a dramedy? I I I made sure to look it up before I complained about it. <laughs> yeah, no, th- as... so that that was my question. So yeah, yeah, I I looked it up before I started complaining about it not being funny. I made sure to look it up to make sure it was supposed to be funny. And like, I think just the humor is just very much a product of its time. And back then, I would have found it funny. Also, the scene where she keeps saying no. And he keeps pushing it and pushing it. And oh yeah, pushing no, he it. was super shitty. I hate. I wanted to. St- I almost stopped watching at that scene. I was so uncomfortable with that scene. I hated it. That was the nineties, and, and that's nineties humor is bad. It's not good. 
So I would argue that it it is bad, but as long as you recognize that it that it is bad, it can still be funny. But it that it do- so I I will say like that scene not funny. Like there's nothing funny about about the um the implications the, of the, what was potentially going to happen. Well, there was nothing funny about the montage of him just failing over and over again and not taking no for an answer because he doesn't have to. Yeah. But like there's other things out of like 90s comedy that like right like now, like, today, and even, like, 2000s comedy, they're like, yeah, no, that stuff wasn't okay then. Um, We're just more, like, we're more reasonable to saying, like, no, that's not okay than we yeah. were at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, like, I feel like if you can look at it and be like, yeah, no, that wasn't okay then, but, like, it it is funny still, like, in its own way. Is it, though? Like, Sometimes. A- it depends what it is. That's what I said. Like, like, the sexual harassment, no, not funny, but, like... Yeah. Like, look, I will 100% be somebody to admit, I don't think we should cancel people for something they said 10, 15 years ago today. No. It was, it, that's a product of its time. That comedy, although was edgy then and is unacceptable now, it was edgy then and it was still looked at as comedy. 100% agree, like, we shouldn't cancel people for that sort of comedy and stuff like that. However, when we're talking about whether or not something is funny, it is not funny because we have evolved to realize it's not funny. I can look at James Gunn's tweets from the early 2000s and say, that's not funny. That's just bad. But I'm not going to sit here and say he should be fired because of these tweets he made 15 years ago that back then we had a different mindset and actually might have thought they were funny. Yeah. And like, I will say, like, I, I think there are there is inappropriate humor that people frown on now. That, like, is actually still funny and not offensive, I guess, is more what I was trying to say. Like, a lot of the stuff in this movie leaned on the, like, leaned on the side of, like, oh, no, like, this is actually, like, this is offensive or it's, like, so close to offensive that, like, it wouldn't fly at all today. But there are plenty of, like, movies from, like, the 90s and 2000s where it's, like, this is inappropriate, but there's nothing wrong with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> But yeah, but. I don't dislike this movie. Like, it's not like it's not my favorite movie, um, especially like like seeing it like 15, 20 years later. It's like, OK, yeah, like there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that like has been done better since then, essentially. Mm-hmm. But like not in time loop movies, like time loop movies kind of suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I look, I only know of three time loop movies, maybe technically, I guess maybe you could call maybe technically four. One of them, I guess you can technically call. time loop. OK, movie. what are the other two? Not including the two we've watched already, because I couldn't find another like legitimate time loop movie. Well, Edge of Tomorrow, Lift I Repeat. Oh, I forgot all th- forgot all about that one. Um, and technically, this is the one where it's like technically maybe maybe Looper. See, I didn't. I I thought about Looper too, but like I never caught thought of that as a time loop because isn't it just older version comes back to younger version? It it is. It is. Okay. It's been a very long time. Like, I saw that movie once around the time it came out and, like, thought it was fine. So, like, I don't remember it all that well. But, yeah. Like, I didn't hate this movie. I don't have to watch it again. But, like, I didn't have as bad of a time as you guys fucking did. Jesus. I'm, uh, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I want my time back or anything like that. Like, it is what it is. But... Like, I just, I I would have been perfectly happy never seeing that movie. I would have been perfectly fine never seeing that. Yeah. Eh, that's fair. Um, I guess, do, do you guys want to hear what I picked for the next one? Sure. I mean, look, 
it doesn't have to be a time loop movie. It can just be a time travel movie at this point, if you want. No, because at this point, that like the only like I, I I'm not prepared for to to change up the the thing. So we're going with time loop still. Um, I found a movie on Netflix that might be terrible. I don't know. It's called Remember with a slash between the R E and the member. Okay, on Netflix. Um, yeah, it looks like sure. it's like um like an Asian maybe like horror movie or something. Um, but it 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 was dubbed into English. Okay. Um literally know nothing about it um it seemed to not have the worst reviews as far as like just stars go um so hopefully it's not terrible i'll you know i'm I'd, i'll watch it i'm down for watching anything so i'll find i'll find time to watch it and that'll be in two weeks on whatever two weeks from now is well that's see that's the thing that's christmas no that's the 28th that is the week kind of that's post the week after that's that's the week of christmas christmas is a monday so that is Thursday after Christmas. Do you yes. want to do a Christmas movie instead, and then we can do a time loop after, or do we want to stick with this? I mean, if we do a Christmas movie, do we do we just watch Scrooge to watch something that's not the uh-huh. worst movie with Bill Murray? I mean, if that, I've never watched it before, as far as no, I've seen Scrooge before, but it's been a it's been a while since I've seen or Gremlins. Gremlins, the best Christmas movie. Uh, the first Gremlins. I've never actually seen the first Gremlins. Okay, well we're watching Gremlins then. Hang on. Let me see if it's available anywhere. I'm checking to... Uh, it's on HBO. According, is it on HBO? Okay. Yeah. Oh, is it leaving soon, though? Oh, no, that's just because it was... Okay, yeah, no, no, it's it's here. Yeah, let's watch Gremlins for next time. The, the okay. best Christmas movie. I've... Uh, wait, hold on. First what of about, all... What about Die Hard? No, like, Gremlins is an actual Christmas movie. Okay. So is Die Hard. And debatable. Die also... Hard simply takes place during Christmas. Muppet Christmas Carol exists, so... Okay, that that one is up there, too. Muppet Christmas Carol is probably the best traditional Christmas movie. Okay. Um, But, like, have you seen Gremlins, Drew? Fuck no. It is it is the best Christmas movie. See, like, here's here's the thing. I had... um, where's, where's my notes app? I had a category for book club topics that this works in, and it was... um. Uh, what is it? It's, uh, it, uh, I guess I don't have it listed on the app, but it's, uh, sequels of movies that you've never seen the first of. And, like, my suggestions were going to be, like, Gremlins, um, Short, Short Circuit 1, and I don't have a third one. But, I, like, there, this there is, are no movies that I can think of that I've only ever seen the sequel. I've only ever seen Gremlins 2. I've only ever seen Short Circuit 2. Um, I'm That's, sure Short Circuit more. 2 is the better of the Short Circuits. The first oh, one I'm is sure. mediocre. Short Circuit's fan. Short Circuit 2 is amazing. All right. Amazing probably goes a little beyond because, uh, um, uh, I mean, they have a, don't they have a white dude playing an Indian? Wasn't yes. he brown faced in that movie? So. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. But, uh, Gremlins has my all time favorite Christmas story. Um, I will not spoil what that story is. But it's Phoebe Kate's character telling it about her her favorite Christmas memories. Okay. Um, I I will I will gladly watch this. Maybe I'll watch it on Christmas while yeah. I'm wrapping gifts. You just I, I I will stress like go into it knowing that it is it is a bit campy. Of, of course, it's an '80s movie. It's an early well, '80s movie. It's an '80s movie with little gremlin puppets. So yeah. like 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 at one point like the gremlins are literally out caroling. Like yeah, I'm it expect- leans into the goof. I've seen Gremlins 2. I'm expecting it. Okay, so rewind a little bit then. Gremlins 2 goes full comedy. Gremlins is actually a much darker movie. 
Yeah, it's like a dark comedy, almost horror. Yeah, it's kind of like the difference between Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Like, <laughs> Ghostbusters was a comedy, but it was definitely a darker movie. Um, and then Ghostbusters 2 was very over-the-top, kind of slapsticky. Um, that is kind of what happened with Gremlins. Like, the first Gremlins, like, there's some comedy in it, but, like, it's definitely supposed to be more of, like, a dark, like, almost horror movie. Yeah. Um, like, horror comedy, I guess, would be the best way. And then Gremlins 2, they just make fun of everything. Yeah. Like, at one point, like, Drew, have you ever seen Gremlins 2 by chance? Absolutely not. Okay. So, Dude, Gremlins 2, I, I mean, this is nostalgia glasses, but Gremlins 2 is great. So, in Gremlins 2, there is a scene where you're watching it, and this only works in the movie theaters. The, um, the, the, and it only works in the movie theaters in the 90s. <laughs> um, the reel for the movie, like, melts, and, like, it, it goes with the screen goes white and everything, and it pans out, and, um, it, it shows the movie theater that was watching Gremlins 2. And then Hulk Hogan stands up, and this is like ninety-ish, between ninety and ninety-two, like like the height of like Hulkamania. And like he turns around, rips off his shirt, like he does, and yells at the gremlins in the booth to put the movie back on. Okay. And it it's so fucking stupid, just like the epitome of stupid. Yeah. But it's also funny because of how just over the top it was. But I I a hundred percent prefer the uh I pre- I prefer the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one's also not a Christmas movie. No, the second one's not a Christmas. Movie. Doesn't it take place near? No, it's nowhere near. Christmas. I just I, the second one I know is in New York, and it does some cool things with the Gremlins, but uh, that's about it. Yeah, but yeah, okay. So in two weeks we'll watch Gremlins, and then after that we will watch Remember. Yeah, that'll work. And hope for the best. Um, so the the Game Awards were last week. You mean wait, what Game Awards? The, the trailer awards, I'm sorry. Oh, the game trailer extravaganza. Yeah, so, like, d- did you guys see any of kind of the backlash that they were getting for this? I saw I, some uh, of the headlines, but that's about it. No, no, like, I had I had the game awards on while I was streaming, because that was last Thursday. So I had it on my TV, on my screen, so I could, like, see, because I knew, I knew it was mostly trailers. I've never watched it before. I don't really give a shit. But I, like, I was expecting, mostly I was expecting a new Monster Hunter trailer, which we got. Um... And so I wanted to watch that live. Uh, I wanted to get, like, a live react As best as I could, a live reaction without actually reacting to it. Um, recorded. Uh, and, yeah, I it was, like... It, it was... I found it funny that, like, every 20 minutes, you'd be like, Alright, here's all the games that got awards for... Here's here's a list of categories, and here's their winners. Yep, and, and so that's a lot of the issue that people were having with it. Um, it is... It, it is called the Game Awards. There was absolutely no focus on the awards. The mm-hmm. awards and the people that make games were in the background. Um, this was yeah. an excuse for Jeff Keighley to come out and introduce a bunch of games and introduce a bunch of celebrities and people that he is friends with. Yeah. Um, one of the big complaints people had were the the when on the rare occasion where they did announce the award and have the person come up, um, the presenter. Like, um, at, at one point, um, Simu Liu from Shang-Chi was there and he apparently spent five to 10 minutes talking about like whatever he was talking about. And then when he announced whatever award it was, the person got less than 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, and like people online, like were posting pictures of from like their seat behind the person controlling that stuff and seeing that they literally had a 30 second timer for how long they were letting people talk before they were playing the, the like, Hey, get off the stage music. Um, I, I don't know the exact context of it, but at one point, um, one of the things I saw was one of the games that won, um, whoever was accepting the game tried to dedicate it to 
one of the people that worked on the game who died like before the game released and they started playing the music while they were doing that well yeah um but then like keely spent like 20 minutes letting kojima just do whatever he wanted with jordan peele yeah yeah and and so like the the whole thing it's it's trailers and celebrities that don't actually care about video games like whereas like there's a bunch of people there that like are up for awards that they don't even like like you said it's just here's a here's an on-screen list of who won a bunch of these awards real quick like they don't even show clips of the games that won so like if you happen to not know the name of the game like or if, if you don't know what the game is that won like you have to go look it up for yourself you can't be like oh that's what sea of stars is that game looks cool i should buy that it's like no you have to like make a list and like remember to go google it later did richie just say he'll be right back i guess so yeah i don't know um the other backlash i saw was them making zero mention of all the layoffs that have happened in the games industry this year oh i did see that too yeah like they're like celebrating the games and like i've heard a couple podcasts kind of like speak to that it's like yeah we're supposed to be celebrating game of the year but like this industry sucks right now like on like every side of it like whether whether your games media games development like everything sucks for them unless you are the multi-million dollar earning ceos that aren't really doing shit Mm -hmm. it's a shame also spider-man didn't win a single fucking award wow that's kind of surprising yeah um, it was nominated for seven, didn't win any of them. There's a video out there, um, where somebody's watching the Game Awards. Apparently a lot of streamers live stream the Game Awards, which I didn't know was a thing. Oh, I yeah. Knew they... a good, I knew a good couple of even smaller streamers that were just, like, broadcasting over the Game Awards, which I'm like, eh, I don't really, like they, I don't really they, know. They have a, um, they have, like, a form to fill out, and it's not like a maybe we'll accept you thing, it's just... Yeah, fill this out, and you're, like, an official, like, co-streamer. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, for, for my complaints about how Keeley is making this just about what he wants to show off, like, he does try to make it, like, accessible for people, and he does try to, like, promote platforms, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, everything everything I've ever heard, like, he apparently is actually, like, he's he is super into, like, games. Like, like he loves the industry, and he, he wants to spotlight it. Yes. And this is just how he thinks it should be spotlighted. And I feel like in the in the last couple of years he's just kind of started to miss the mark by like not spot spotlighting the people that make the games the way that they used to. Yeah. Um but there was a video somebody was live streaming watching the game awards. Uh and uh Baldur's Gate 3 won a uh, game of the year. And I'm like, what the fuck is Baldur's Gate 3? I'm like, how do you not know, like, the <laughs> That's biggest hilarious. game? I, I, You know, I will argue probably second biggest game release of the year. Biggest probably being Starfield, um, in my okay, opinion. Although, although I think Baldur's Gate 3 is a better game. Which, pretty sure Starfield wasn't nominated for anything. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I think I do think Starfield is That's a... That's kind of surprising. <laughs> Um, but I, I think you guys would agree. Starfield was probably a bigger release, but Baldur's Gate yeah. is definitely yeah. a better game. Um, I, I think I think Baldur's Gate has grown lo- like the the length that Baldur's Gate has been a discussion uh, far out outpaces the the length that Starfield was. Like Baldur's Gate Gate came out a month before it, and it's still being talked about even like still. before and, the and, game, like like before it won the game of the year. Yeah, like not Starfield hasn't been spoken about since September. Yeah, like, outside of the Game Awards, like, outside of it winning Game of the Year, 
people still talk about it, people still play it. I was like, I don't really know a lot of people who still talk about Starfield and play it. I played it like three times, Starfield that is. And I was like, alright, well, that's, that, I, like, I like Bethesda games, but it, it has its flaws. It has its flaws, like every Bethesda game, which is why I never really stick with them. Like, I enjoy them enough to play them for a bit, but then eventually, uh, I lose the plot and just stop. Um, yeah, and like, not- that's, that, that is kind of, I feel like that's the thing with those games, too. Like, if it clicks for you, hundreds of hours gone. And, like, there were tons of people that Starfield super worked for Mm -hmm. and, like, dumped hundreds of hours into it. And there's people like you who, like, you know, like, you've put a ton of time into Skyrim, I think, right? I've I've restarted Skyrim and Fallout 4 several times. I've never beaten... I've never beaten a single Bethesda game. And, Drew, didn't you play a lot of, like, Fallout? I mean, I've finished Fallout 3 and 4. I've bounced off Skyrim a number of times. Yeah, so like yeah. like for for you, so like Fallout works really well for you, Rich. You you at least put a lot of time into the other ones, but I don't think either of you had Starfield click. Drew, did you even try Starfield? No, because uh, I just I don't have PC Game Pass right now, and didn't feel like signing up for it to try it. That's, that's the yeah, only, that's fair, and that's the only reason why I did play Starfield is because I had PC Game Pass. Otherwise, I I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, yeah, like I I had PC Game Pass, and like I gave it a shot, and then. I think that was the same month where I also canceled it because it's like, all right, well, I haven't really been using Game Pass, so I'll let it renew this last time. Try it. Didn't just try it just to be able to have the conversation of like, okay, well, like, here's how it plays. I don't like it, but like, here's like the pros and cons of it. And then like, I uninstalled it immediately after because I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. But like, that was also to be expected. Like, I don't like the way Bethesda makes games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as, as far as like the, um like the Game Awards stuff goes, it's just it. I feel like the award part of it was just a big miss. Um, like it th- seems like they announced some cool stuff. Like that, like Rich, I know you're excited for the the dr- dr- or Jurassic, um, Jurassic Monster Park Hunter. Survivor. Um, well, but there was Jurassic Park Survival. Well, that's the one um, I was going to say next. Like the yeah, Jurassic Park looks cool. There's apparently going to be some God of War DLC. Um, there There's, is what uh, Final Fantasy um, 16, right? Yeah, DLC, whatever the newest Final Fantasy was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they also showed stuff for for the next um, chapter of Final Fantasy Seven. Um, they showed a trailer for a Blade game that yeah. um, Arcane is working on. Um, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, there, there's that game that Kojima and Jordan Peele are working on. Like it's called like Overdose or something like that. I, I will say, I'm a little disappointed. They had Anthony Mackie out on screen or on stage. And he was not announcing a Twisted Metal game. Yeah, that seems that seems like a missed opportunity, guys. You should have just yeah. put a Twisted Metal game together real quick. I look, I we're not getting Monster Hunter Wild till at least January of 2025. Probably, honestly, I'm thinking January 25 because that's around when World came out. Was in January, late January of the year it came out. So I think that's well. Thank God, at least we have another year without a Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably be jumping back into World uh, at some point this year. Uh, but yeah, it, it, uh, no, dude, you've got 350 hours of RPGs to play. You have no time for Monster Hunter. No, I mean, look, I just reached chapter two of Baldur's Gate 3. That's what I mean. Like, you're gonna be play, you're playing Baldur's Gate until May, and then you gotta do Shenmue, you gotta do that other Star Ocean, like, the rest of 2024, like, you are an RPG streamer now, whether you like I it am, or not. 
I am not looking forward to Shenmue. Like, honestly, probably what's going to happen is I'm going to be putting back Shenmue as, as much as I can. I feel I like, for whatever reason, Shenmue is going to click for you when you play it, and you're just going to love it. You're like, guys, I don't know what the fuck you were talking about. Shenmue's the best. I, I just don't do going back to old games, especially old games I've never played before very well. Like, I can go back to things like Resident Evil and stuff like that, because I've played them before, and I know them, and I like them. But if it's an old... Like, I could probably go back and play the old medieval games uh, and not the remake and, and be happy with it. But, like, if it's a game I've never played before, especially a game that I'm seeing so many things about different Shenmue... Like, Shenmue 2 and how there's, like, an actual level... Or not level, but segment in the game where you literally just have to go to work every day. I'm I'm just not not feeling that. I don't want to do that, and I don't understand why people would want to play that. But yes, I am the guy who sits here and plays um, city builder, uh, settlement builder, simulation games all the time. But that's just that's kind of more like, especially like surviving the aftermath while uh, I was. Unable to work for a week, I played that game for upwards of 30 hours. Um, and that's just because it was more like RTS feel than it was survival. In, to be fair, like, Shenmue, at the time it was released, was groundbreaking. Like, it it did things that games hadn't done. Um, yeah. Bo- both visually and mechanically and storytelling. Um, it's just, we have that- come a very long way since then. That's and and so did Resident Evil Four when it came out. It did gr- things that were groundbreaking. And when I went back and played Resident Evil Four last year, guess what? I didn't like Resident the best Evil Resident 4. Evil. I would. I'm like. I mean, look. I will say I played the remakes of two and three, and not the originals of two and three. Um. Uh. But like. I, w- I would argue that it wasn't even the best Resident Evil. I, like maybe back then when it for, when it came out, it was the best Resident Evil because it you compared it to everything before, but now everything else after has been better than. That I mean one. that that's kind of how things go, though, right? Like yeah, in most cases, w- the thing like once it once you hit 3D gaming, and like we had this, we had the, the argument about what you consider retro in on in Discord like a few weeks ago, but like once you hit 3D gaming. Um, the, like, things change drastically. Like, yeah. you can go back and play Super Mario World, and it plays just as well now as it did in 1991. Like, yeah. Like, the, the, that game aged, like, fine wine, or whatever, like, act, like analogy you want to use. Um, but a lot of, like, a lot of, especially early 3D games on, like, the, the PlayStation 1 through, like, Dreamcast era did not. Like, they aged, like, milk that was already spoiled. Um, and, like, it's not their fault, like, that stuff was all very, it was technically very advanced for the time, but even at the time, like, those games didn't play great, we just didn't know any better. Um, side-scrolling stuff by, like, Super Nintendo, like, th- they had perfected it, like, you, they knew exactly what to do, and they were working on a 2D plane, like, there, there wasn't all that much to, uh, to fuck up with those, <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Game, game Awards, um, Boulder's Gate won. So, I mean, good for that. Spider-Man, like I said, I think, I don't know if you were back yet at the time. Spider-Man, completely snubbed, didn't win a single yeah. award. Yeah, except, I, I, except Timothy Chalamet apparently declared Spider-Man 2 was his game of the year. <laughs> yeah. So, nice. Um, it, it at least won, won his heart. There, uh, were there, were there any, like, any, any trailers that you guys, like, saw or heard from since the game, since the game awards that you're like, oh, all right. I mean, the Jurassic Park game looks cool. That that's the only trailer that I've actually sat down and watched. 
It does. I I am I'm a little bummed out that it's single player. I'm not, but like obviously I wouldn't I, be. Like, I can understand like, why you are. Like like the thing is, I like it's going to be a, a single player story game. It's not going to be like an actual survival base building crafting whatever game. Right. Um. Which is it's fine. It's going to be it's it's going to be its own thing. But like I would love to have it be like to have a survival crafting. Jurassic Park game. I mean, we have that. It's called Ark. I was going to say, let me tell you about a game called Ark. <laughs> I know, but but this is now Jurassic Park. And it's the like, day after Jurassic Park. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, I can completely understand why you'd want that. Like, this is the exactly the Jurassic Park game I want. Like, yeah. Like, wh- I'm, whether I'm, I end up liking it, who knows. But like, single play- player story based, like, non-survival Jurassic Park game, absolutely sign me up. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent for it. I'm definitely gonna get it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, it it, it it's gonna be whenever it releases. I'm I'm getting it. I, I don't remember the release window for it. Probably next year. I mean, obviously next year, but probably um late next year. I did not know. I mean, like I said, I wasn't paying hundred percent attention. I didn't know that they did a Hellblade two, uh, trailer. Oh yeah, actually, I didn't know that either. Um, I I didn't watch it because I just haven't had a chance to. And it's four hours, and from what I heard, it's mostly just trailers all, and music yeah. performances and while some of the music performances are actually very cool and i'm sure they're great to see live when you're there i could not give a single fuck about watching them on a fucking youtube video mm-hmm. yeah yeah um the only other thing that i'm a little interested in is the visions of mana new of mana game which those games are always great i've always yeah. wanted to like actually play through them all i've never fully beaten one uh and oh drew <laughs> There's an Apex Legends Final Fantasy VII crossover event happening. I heard about that. I'm not super interested, but you don't I, you don't want the Buster Sword in Apex? Yeah, because you know all the times you see your melee weapon in Apex. Maybe um, maybe you get the you get Barrett's gun arm. I mean that would be cool. <laughs> I, I, I mean I don't I don't I don't know. I, I haven't looked anything into it more. I just know that like the trailer showed that like one of the, that one of the characters had. It was, uh, it had, it's Crypto, uh, Wraith, and, uh, I don't know who's Aerith in this. I don't know who that's supposed to be. Maybe, I don't know. But Crypto is dressed up as Cloud and he has the busters. Uh, Wraith is Tifa. No, Wraith is Vincent, actually. That checks out. Yeah. I know half of the characters you were saying, the Final Fantasy. Oh, uh, Watson, I think Watson is, is, uh, Aerith because, I just played the trailer and it's Watson's voice. Yeah, I will say like while I don't care about that, I think like it's cool that they do like like collaborations like that. Uh, it's a I'll weird get... one. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is weird, but like weird is sometimes good. Like what yeah. whether this one ends up being good, who knows? But like, you know, the fact that they're doing it is like, okay, cool, yeah, like take a chance. Like like do something different. Um I will also say like I am intrigued by the Blade game cuz it, it's Arcane who I thought the uh, Dishonored games were cool, which were, I want to say both of the, Ar- I think Arcane Leon did both of the Dishonored games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to say Leon did both Dishonored's and uh, what was that? Um, Rich, what is what is your all-time favorite time loop video game? Um, I don't know. I can't remember its name. True sure loves it. Really? You don't re- Deathloop? I li- yeah, there we go. I literally couldn't remember the same at the moment. It, you, you loved it so hard, I figured you'd, you'd jump at the chance look, to, look, to say its name. I had nothing against the game. I had everything against its advertising. No, I know. I know. 
I'm 100% going to play it when I get a chance. I'm pretty sure it was actually available on Game Pass. It's also also free now on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's Amazon Prime and Epic, so you you have it on your Epic account if you uh, if you have a Prime Amazon Prime account, you can get you can download it. You you don't have it, you have to claim it and download it on on Epic or not download, but add it to your library on Epic. Yeah, um, yeah, like I had nothing against the game. I'll definitely play it. I just hated. How well, you much boycotted they it for it the first year. I I didn't boycott it. No, I had you no you int- said you were boycotting it. I had no interest in buying it because. I they shoved it down my throat, and I just don't want to see it anymore. Um, but Ar- Arcane Leon did did that one, and the two Dishonored, and then Arcane Austin, I think, are is the team that did um the fucking vampire game that failed miserably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So not really sure which team is doing this. Um. Uh, Wiki says it's Leon. So. Okay. Well, I, I was listening to a podcast. I think today or yesterday, and they're just like. So, like, it's said from the creators of Dishonored and Deathloop, so, like, probably Leon, but, like, there's also, like, a rumor that they're working on Dishonored 3, so maybe it's Austin? Um, but I think I think Arcane Austin did the Prey sequel, or not the, the Prey reboot, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. 2017 Prey, so, like, you know, that game was well-received. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm at least, I am interested to see what they do with Blade. Uh, and I watched the trailer for the Apex crossover. It looks like the Buster Sword is an equipable, not just a melee. What does that mean? It's like it's an actual weapon you pick up on the in the field. Oh, did they not... add fucking melee weapons into fucking Apex? Uh, look, it's just it. That's just what it looks like because Crypto's swinging it around. But it might just be the gameplay. Like I don't think it's a melee weapon per se. Maybe it's something where like you swing it and it shoots a blast into the in uh, out um but they did also just have in apex that recent um uh uh event where half the half the team are um uh the robot dude which um, one johnny there two, five there are two robots no. the the guy robot there, there are two guy robots uh n- not 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 the original robot uh the Re- remnant? Revenant, revenant, revenant revenant yeah 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 they had a revenant uh, uh, thing where half the group was Revenant and they just had to go kill everyone else. It was like 30 on 30. But the Revenants, that uh, like they couldn't pick up weapons or anything. They could only do melee attacks and they kept respawning whenever they would die. It was a very interesting event. I have not played that game in months. I haven't turned it on since April. Uh, no, that's a lie. I did play it once outside of April, probably in June for uh, Xeno Alien was doing a, uh, a, a community night with it. But besides, like, it's uninstalled on my PC right now. I've been wanting to kind of play it again, but I just, I don't want to put myself through. Uh, two trailers I will quickly mention. Uh, the Dead Cells developers have a new game coming out called Windblown, a 3D game. Is it, cool. a, uh, I, uh, is it a roguelike? Don't know. Doesn't really show, but it's got melee okay. combat. And, like, that, that the, the combat in Dead Cells was very good. Uh, and then the the Sega rebooting a bunch of their franchises trailer. Oh, right, like Crazy Taxi and shit? Yeah, and Streets of Rage and fucking Golden Axe. Jet Set but, Radio. But not Echo the Dolphin. And not Altered Beast. I mean, Altered Beast is already perfect. Why do you have to reboot it? You know, because there's no original IP. I mean, that this is true. This is true. Um, speaking of, of there not being things, um, so E3 is officially dead? 
I didn't know it wasn't already officially dead. I thought this happened yeah. already. I thought we yeah. talked about it being officially dead months ago. So the the timeline is they have canceled it every year since 2020. Uh-huh. Like they kept announcing they'd have it. They they did do that one like digital one. Um, I think that was either 2020 or 2021. Right. But then they kept like announcing the 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 dates for it, and then none of the actual people that like paid them money to be at the show. We're going to do it, so they just kept canceling it, because why put on a show if no one's fucking going that actually draws the people in, and they're all doing their own thing outside of that. And then l- last summer, I want to say it was, Reed Pop, like the, the people that do like New York Comic Con and the PAXs and everything, mm-hmm. um, they basically bought the rights to host E3 mm-hmm. and like run the convention, and then they said, nah, never mind. <laughs> so the... At that point, it was basically like, okay, yeah, they're they're just not doing these anymore. Like, if the if the company that all they do are giant fucking conferences doesn't want to do this, like, it's just not happening. And it's, this was just God, this sorry. is this is the ESA officially going on record with like, yeah, it's been great, but uh, that yeah, bye. There's there's just no real reason for it anymore. I think because yeah, uh, because of the game awards, because like you said, because. Microsoft, PlayStation, or Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all do their own things. Like, there's just not really a reason for it anymore. Like, and like before before the internet, there the the E3 was a big reason, was a big thing because that's where everyone got the updates on the new shit. But now that now that the internet's around and it's like a mainstay in everyone's life, like you cannot live without the internet. Basically, there's you don't need an expo to showcase all of this new tech that. Everyone's already going to know about. Yeah, I, th- I think the only thing that's really missing from it is the actual impress- impressions from, like, games media. But even in the last couple of years that E3 was happening, like, even that was becoming a little less prevalent. Like, there was, it was a lot more just, like, interviews and stuff versus them having actual games that, like, people could try. Yeah. Because, um, like, E3 was... Even though the last couple of years they opened it to the public, it was never a public show. Like, if you went to E3... Like, sure, there were booths, and you could go check out the booths, but the the shit that was shown at the press conferences, you had to have appointments with those publishers to go to, like, a meeting room or, like, a hotel room across town to, to demo. Yeah. Like, you weren't just walking up to the Sony booth and playing Uncharted th- uh, 4. Like, they, they, they were probably playing the same clip from the, the, the actual conference, but, like, they didn't have it playable in their booth. Yeah. So, like, there was no reason to go to E3 as, like a consumer or a fan. Um, and I think Reed Pop thought there would be and then realized, like, there really wasn't and the cost of doing it just didn't outweigh the, like, they weren't going to make enough back, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, if they went full fan, that's just another PAX. Um, so you're not going to have the same the same companies there to show things off and you're not going to have the same level of media engagement. And if they go for a more traditional E3, you're not making any money. Because, like, most of your money is just going to, like, running the show. Yeah. But, yeah, like, all the major publishers all do their own things now. You've got stuff like um, like the, the, the other Jeff Keighley thing, uh, Summer Games Fest. Uh, mm-hmm. GameSpot does a thing. Kind of Funny does their, like, indie showcase stuff. Um, there's, like, the Wholesome Games Direct that they do. Like, there's just, there's ba- basically, instead of it being, like, four days of, like, press conferences of nothing but the big like four or five companies it's now like a month of like everyone just kind of does their own thing in the same general time frame and 
you know, we're, we're, we're basically seeing the same stuff. The only, yeah. the only real downside is what Sony does now is kind of pathetic. <laughs> like, everyone else still at least has a little personality to, to theirs. The Sony state of plays are just devoid of any personality or heart. They're just, they're barely good marketing. Yeah, I mean, Sony's all business. Yeah. Well, you know what? That might change because, uh, what's his name? Captain Asshole is, ste- is stepped down. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember uh, who it was. Jim Ryan? Jack? Yeah, Jim yes, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, like the guy who's basically just, he, he, every time he was in front of a microphone or a reporter managed to say something shitty about the games that they've made over the years. And not so much like that the games were bad then, but just like, well, people are stupid if they want to play games that are old. <laughs> like, like just shit like that. Like, why would anybody do that? Because people want to, you fucking idiot. Like, how did you get this job? But make, make Shue Yoshida the fucking boss. Like, at least that guy plays games. Yeah, you to 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 be an executive in the gaming industry, you should have to be a game. Yeah, and like I don't know that like Sean Layton, Layton, Sean Layton. I think it was with a D, not a T. Um, I don't know that he like actively played games still, but like the way he talked, like you could tell like he he played games in his life. Right. Like, the way like Reggie talked, you could tell like he did actually play games. Like whether he still played them actively versus just like the little bit he had to for work. Like, who knows? But, like, that was a thing that he did at one point. Um, and, like... Yeah. You you could tell that he was... Pa- they were passionate for gaming. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, Phil Phil Spencer is very much, like, a... Like, that that dude still plays games for sure. Oh, yeah. He he absolutely smokes a bowl and, like, plays a game. <laughs> <laughs> like, there there is no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like... For, to an extent, like, I feel like Andrew House, when he was, like, the, the big guy at PlayStation, I didn't get the impression that he necessarily played games, but he just seemed more, like, he seemed more willing to, like, let the people that, like, knew what they were doing do the thing and just kind of, like, say what he was meant to say. <laughs> and Jim Ryan came from the other side of Sony, and, like, I don't think he knew what a fucking video game was. Yeah. So, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, E3 yeah. is gone Long live E3, I guess. I don't know. How's that work? I guess. I rest, guess. Pa- rest, rest in power, E3. No, because like it, it, it was a bad time for the last couple of years. I, I will appreciate. Like I saw, um, Jeff Gersman tweeted. Um, anyone that is out there saying nothing but negative things about E3, don't take them seriously. <laughs> um, and like, like he had a little bit more to it. But it was basically like, yes, E3 had problems. Um, but it was not this raging pile of shit that a lot of people were trying to make it out to be. Yeah. Um. Those people were just bitter because either they didn't get to go, they went after it had kind of, like, declined a whole bunch, or they're just bitter because they're fucking on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I mean, maybe they're not fucking on the internet, and that's what... I mean, yes. That, I mean, that's probably... If they're on the internet, they're probably not fucking. Like, that is... That sure. is true. They're, they're, they're too busy making content, I guess. Making, yes. Making the TikToks. Yes. Rich, content. that's not a shot at you. I I want to make make that clear. <laughs> You're not You're making saying, TikToks. I I I mean, I was making shorts and TikToks for a while. I've okay, well now because I've so gotten, th- this is directed at you. Then at least when you were making those things, I, I I've stopped just because I just haven't had the energy to do a lot of video editing beyond just my let's plays. But, I mean, look, video editing not like it is not hard, but it is time consuming. Like, and it, it can be. I should say it can be hard depending on what you're doing. But, like, it is time-consuming at the very least. Like, even just minimal, like, cutting things. Time-consuming. It, it, 
like I used to take I used to take uh, a full match of Apex and cut that down to long enough for like to a minute, and that would take me an hour. Sometimes it would take me half hour to forty five minutes to get that done because I'd have to go through a fifteen twenty minute match and find the sequences and segments that made sense or that were that were interesting or that were good. Uh, and I'm bad at the game, so like they might be few and far between or whatever. And so like when I would cut that together, I would then have to shrink that down and then cut out what doesn't really work to get it down to a minute. Is like it would take me about a half hour to get a 20 minute 30 minute long match cut down to cut down to a minute Uh, yeah i mean doing doing like podcasts like between like editing like getting the post ready like like all of that stuff takes an hour to an hour and a half if like i'm not like distracted by like work stuff Mm -hmm. and like none of it's hard it's just like i go through i run a couple filters um to like clean up like all like the the basic stuff that i can clean up and like like level out the audio and then, like, I go through with all of our tracks lined up and any, like, weird noises I can spot, like, right now while I'm talking, if I notice that, like, Rich, you have, like, some weird, like, background noise or Drew, like, I'll go through and I'll just mute that so that there's not, like, weird crinkling or something in the background if, if it were happening. Um, and, like, I run through the whole track. So if we were to end right now and it's only an hour, that's probably going to take 10 minutes. But, like... You know, a two-hour one might take 20 or 30 minutes, plus the the export time, the convert it to MP3, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Ends up, like, it, it all adds up, like, fairly quickly. And, like, none yeah. of it's hard. Like, it's all, like, staring at the thing and looking for weird little bumps where there shouldn't be some and just control L to silence it. Like, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Just, just takes a little time. Yeah. But shall we move on? Yeah, let's keep going. All right. Um, so there's this show is currently on Netflix called School Spirits. Um, apparently it's a Paramount Plus show that is now on Netflix. I I don't know if they have a deal or something worked out. No fucking clue. Um, it stars though, um, Rich, the, the girl from Cobra Kai that's like the, the, that's from Cobra Kai. Yeah. Yeah. Pain list. Yes. Thank you. I just looked it up. Um, so it stars her. Um, it's. It's set in a school where it's got a bunch of dead kids. <laughs> so there's a bunch of kids that have died at their school. And for whatever reason, they're basically stuck there as ghosts. Um, there is one teacher also. So there's, there's one adult ghost and a bunch of, like, 16 to 18-year-olds um, from, like, various decades. Like, the first one you meet aside from from the main girl is um, from, he's from the 90s. Uh, there's, like, a, an 80s football player. There's like a '70s like um I I keep wanting to call her a hippie but she's not a hippie she's like a beatnik sort of like like turtleneck era like all black style like '70s okay mm-hmm. um the teacher is definitely like from like probably the early to mid '60s um there's like an entire marching band that died at one point and it's basically like they can't leave the school it's one of those like can't leave the school grounds if they do they get zipped back to like wherever they died in the school yeah um and they all remember like they, they all know how they died like like the football player he um it, he died playing football like a play went wrong and like he broke his neck or something and um the kid from the 90s was allergic to peanuts and forgot his EpiPen, and they happened to make the french fries and peanut oil that day mm-hmm. so like everyone kind of knows what happened to them um except for her like she wakes up she has no idea how she died or like what happened or any of that stuff 
So it's like this kind of like murder mystery show as she is essentially following around her friends and stuff like that who like don't know she's there and trying to figure out how she died. Um, yeah. While her friends are also trying to figure out whether she's dead or not. Like the, like the show initially opens up and they think that she just ran away um, because like she has like a shitty alcoholic mom and like she had kind of been talking about like leaving for college and stuff and was already like one of those like, yeah, no, like she she could also have definitely just like fucked off and disappeared like with like what was going on in her life. Um, so there was just like a lot of that like, well, is she missing? Is she dead? Did somebody kill her? It's got like a little bit of that whodunit thing. Um, it does a nice job of like a lot of whodunits. It sets up a bunch of different people to be potentially um, potentially the like a murderer. And they debunk them, like, fairly, like, easily. Like, if that makes sense. Like, they, they don't drag anyone on for too long after they've, like, really focused on them in the show. Whereas, like, as, like, as the the watcher, like, you're looking at people, you're like, well, that person seems like they could be shady, and that person seems like they could be shady. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, once the show focuses on them, they don't drag it out for a long time. Okay. Which I prefer. Like, I, I don't like it where it's like, okay, it's the last episode and there's four possible killers. Like, let's narrow it down, like, as we go. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Um, and it's got a little bit of a twist ending that I wasn't expecting. Um, and, like, right up until the, the last episode, like, I'm just like, I'm not sure who could have done this. Um, and it, it's, it, it did get renewed for a second season. Um, I don't know whether that second season will be on Paramount Plus first and then go to Netflix or if it'll just come out on both of them. Like I said, that that whole thing was weird. Like I thought it was a Netflix show initially, and then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, this came out in April. Like, yeah. oh, this came out on Paramount Plus in April. What the fuck is it doing on Netflix? Yeah, like, I, I was just looking that up, and it's like they they're even saying like screenwriting is even saying like it's unclear if further seasons will be on both or not. Yeah, and that's what I what I saw looking it up too. Um, it it was a good enough show, and it left itself on like enough of a cliffhanger where I would probably sign up like after. I don't know if Paramount Plus does weekly or if it just drops everything at once, um, but I would probably sign up for like a month after it's all out and just like binge it because mm-hmm. like the first season was eight episodes. We watched it over the course of, of two days. Like yeah. we watched it Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like it 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 was interesting. Um. Like it was a Netflix like teen drama, so like it's not like it was like groundbreaking, but like I enjoyed it. Like like the cast was good. I think the the way that they played, like, the like the ghosts was actually kind of cool. Um, they never had the ghosts, like, go through things. Like, it, they weren't, like, like incorporeal, could just, like, walk through walls. Like, they had to use the doors. Like, they could interact with things in the world. It was just that. And I feel like there was, like, a show that did this before where, like, they could, like, pick up a cup and, like, walk away with it. But the cup would still be on the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a bunch of scenes where they basically have, like like, a counseling group circle sort of thing. Um, like, like something out of, like, Fight Club that the narrator goes to in Fight Club, um, where it's, like, all the students and it's led by the one teacher that's dead. And they're just always using, like, those, like, standard, like, brown, like, plastic chairs. And they're just in the gym in a circle while, like, other things are going on in the gym. Like, sometimes there's, like, a practice happening in the background. Sometimes there's, like, a janitor mopping. And, like, they just don't see all the dead kids or all the chairs because they don't really exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, they eat and stuff like that. Like, the the one girl from the 70s is always eating, like, a lollipop. But it's always a different lollipop. Like, it's it's never the same one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they can change clothes and stuff like that. They, they don't a ton. 
but like they can like at one point they they decide to go to the homecoming dance all of them so they go raid the um like the school's like costume supply from like different um like plays and stuff like that and like wear those things to the dance nice yeah i like so, that so like it was it was an interesting way to play with that whole like their dead thing um and then the, the last thing they did was they set it up where the 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 main girl she ended up being able to talk to her one friend um but only in specific places in the school that they tracked to they were places where people had died so like they couldn't just walk down the hallway and have a conversation but like if they went into like the classroom that used to be the guidance counselor's office where the guidance counselor killed somebody um they could have a conversation there yeah or like on the football field or in um I, I don't actually know who died there, but they, there's like a bus stop, like 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 the like the traditional like a bench with like the thing over it to protect you from like rain. Um, that like if she's in there, he can see her. But if she mm-hmm. takes a step out of there, can't see her anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. It, it it was so it it added this layer of like he is now getting information from her as he's trying to also figure out like what happened to her. Um, and he can't say that he knows she's dead. He can't say that her ghost is telling him to, like, ask people things or, like, any of that stuff. So it adds this, like, different, like... He spends a lot of time put, like, pretending to talk on his cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, they made it work. And they made him... They made him seem a little, like... I I can't think of the right word for it. They they made it... They made it seem to, like, actually change his, like, personality as it went on. Like, going from more, like... He was always kind of, like, a little sullen. But he definitely got more withdrawn... And, like, moody towards people, like, as the season went on, as they, like, weren't figuring out what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, overall, like, good show. Eight episodes. They're, like, 40 minutes apiece. So, like, your average, like, Netflix style of thing. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I like I, it. Yeah. I, I like recommend, it. like, I... if you're looking for just, like, something quick, it's, it's like, comedy drama. Like, the, there's obviously drama to it, but there's also plenty of, like, just, like, kind of funny things that happen. Yeah. I think I've I've heard about it before. I think uh I think Peyton List was on uh Drew, I think she was on Good Mythical Morning earlier this year to to actually promote that show. That might make sense cuz it came out like right before all the strikes and stuff happened. Gotcha. Yeah. So I I think she was on Good Mythical Morning to to promote the show. Uh and like I was, it seemed interesting, but like you said though, Cobb, it's teen drama and eh, I don't really I'm, I don't, like, I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but I'm also just like, I don't really know. So like, it's, it's not like CW teen drama, though. I know, it's gonna be like, it's gonna be like Cobra Kai teen drama, minus it's, the kung fu, or the karate. And, you know what, it's not even that much, like, if, if the, the death hadn't happened, it absolutely would have. Cause like, yeah. like the boyfriend cheated on her and stuff like that, but like, because of like, because of what's going on with like, her being dead it's like okay th- this ends up being more of like a mystery um and people kind of also dealing with like is she really dead and like grief and and all that than the teens being like shitty teens to each other yeah um but yeah and then uh you watched a godzilla movie that i thought was just like a game <laughs> like the biggest godzilla movie in the fucking world right now it's the biggest movie in the world right now it's um, not even number one in america What's number one in America? Uh, the Hunger Games. When did oh, Hunger that's Games right. There was a there is a fucking well, Hunger Games. So movie. the Godzilla was number three all week, three weeks it was out. Or okay, but, so that I mean that is actually major for like a Godzilla uh, yes, movie. Yes, it is, especially like a there. Toho Godzilla movie. Yeah. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so Godzilla minus one, it is essentially a prequel to Godzilla 1954, the very original Godzilla. Um, oh, they, uh, can, can I interrupt you for one second? Yes. Um, Drew, did you say that Hunger Games was number one? Uh, yeah, I thought so. I'm seeing oh I'm seeing for this past weekend oh, yep. the boy and the heron was You're actually right. number one. Hunger Games was number two. Yeah, um, but it looks like as far as today or yesterday because they don't have today's yet. Uh, Godzilla was actually the higher grossing movie yesterday. It made a hundred and ninety million, a uh, hundred and ninety thousand versus a hundred and fifty six that Hunger Games made. So there you go, Rich. Number one movie on Monday the eleventh. Look, look, I'm just saying it's 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 getting a lot more press and a lot more talk than. No, no, I I was I, I, was, I was actually expecting. giving it credit for that. Yeah. Like like um, it 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 beat a major like American box office movie that appeals to a lot of people like yeah. on a fucking weekday. Yeah. Um, and it's only in theaters for like two weeks, like literally from Friday to f- the first until the fourteenth. It's literally like two weeks. That's it. That's all the time it's in theaters for. Um, so Godzilla minus one, it takes place technically. I don't know if they're going to try to reboot the franchise with this. I, they reboot every Godzilla every time there's a new Godzilla. Like they did that in 1954. That was the original. And then 1980, 70 was the next series. And then late, the mid nineties was the next series. And then Legendary. Um, and then Shin Godzilla was in and of its own thing. And now you have 19, or you have Godzilla minus one, which I like, it's called minus one because it's a prequel. It's minus one. It's before Godzilla one. Oh, um, I, I have heard of this. I remember you talking about this like a year ago or something like that. I, I mean, probably, or at PAX talking about how I wanted to see it during PAX. No, but like, like you didn't I, talk about like what the movie was at PAX. Um, I vaguely remember you mentioning it at one point. But I remember mm-hmm. you talking about like what the movie was. Maybe uh, I don't. Maybe uh, not too long ago. I can't remember when I first learned about it. But um, yes, it is a Toho made Japanese Godzilla movie. Um, don't bring your kids to watch this movie. Oh, uh, you know what? Bring your kids to watch this movie because kids it'll can make read. The, it'll make the movie a lot of money. Um, no, it's it's not. It's not Godzilla. It's not what Americans see Godzilla. It's not. Godzilla fighting giant monsters. It's not goofy. It's not campy. It's it's serious as fuck. So it's boring, like, is what you're saying. I it's Godzilla. Like that's the thing, though. Godzilla is not like the original 1954 Godzilla was. Godzilla was a representation of the atom bomb. How many minutes a, into the movie before there's a Godzilla? Uh, like ten minutes. Oh, okay. Not even. That's, you, that's you see, way better than average. You you see Godzilla very early on. Um, although, like, not the tallest size Godzilla, and then, like, it's then maybe goes about a half hour, 45 minutes before you see him again, maybe? I'm not, I can't 100% remember how, like, I don't know how long between, um, but this movie takes place almost immediately after World War II. Uh, it follows, uh, the life of a kamikaze pilot who, he was... Who failed? He, yeah, no, he, exactly, exactly. Yeah, he uh, he was too afraid to go onto his mission, and so he lied and said that his plane was having trouble, and so he landed on an island off of Japan. Um, and they te- they checked out his plane, and they were like, "Yeah, there's nothing wrong with your plane." And he was just too afraid to go on with his mission. So yes, he he failed. Um, and um, 
while on this island, it gets attacked by a creature that the locals call Godzilla, which is, at this point, maybe as tall as, like, a watchtower. He's, like, not super tall. He's a a dinosaur at, 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 like, maybe a little bit taller than a T-Rex or something like that. Um, But he comes from underwater. He attacks the island, and um, the pilot that you're following, he runs to his plane to shoot the Godzilla with his plane and fails again and chickens out from shooting him because he's like, I'm going to die if I do this. And he just, he didn't want to die. Like that was his thing. He didn't want to die. I get it. I understand kind of. Um, and so the movie itself is primarily a story about grief, self doubt and blame, blaming yourself for things that aren't necessarily your fault. Coming back from war, people were blaming him for the loss of their loved ones, their family, the destruction of their cities, because he didn't do his job. But he was one person, one pilot, and he was carrying this weight. Uh, he ends up moving back into his parents' house, whom his parents had died because their house, uh, their entire town was destroyed in, like, the bomb bombings and whatnot. Um, and a woman, like, stays with him because she she basically adopted a baby who was an orphan. Um, and they, they live together for the next, uh, several years, like four years, something like that. Uh, just, they live together, trying to help each other out, being there for each other. The, 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 the woman doesn't know that he was a kamikaze pilot. Um, he just, she just knows that he was in the military and he came back and it's them picking themselves up after World War II and him dealing with his, with the grief of being blamed for so much death and destruction that wasn't necessarily his fault. Some one of the one person who survived the original Godzilla attack blames him for the rest of the command and platoon dying from Godzilla because he didn't shoot his guns off of his plane. It, like he gets blamed and he holds this guilt. He holds it. Um, and then over the course of several ye- of those years, that uh, he takes a job working on a boat trying to pull. Um, uh, uh, aquatic mines out from the ocean. Um, the the Americans end up encountering Godzilla, trying to blow him up with a nuke. That then makes him the size of Godzilla. Um, and Godzilla attacks Tokyo. Uh, or or was it? To- I don't think it was Tokyo. It was it was a different city. I can't remember. But the city that he attacks. Um, the, the woman that was living at his house that he basically fell in love with, but was too afraid to, was too ashamed of himself to actually ask to, like, date and marry, uh, she's in that city, he goes to try to save her, spoiler alert, she ends up dying, um, and then he has this vendetta, like, where he's like, I need to, uh, because of me, because I never attacked Godzilla, because I never blew up any of these ships, and, and did my job, I caused these people to die. I caused the woman I love to die, and so then he gets in this this vendetta of killing Godzilla. Um, and it's just like it's a powerful story about dealing with grief with with a giant fucking monster who, uh, like, to me is the best iteration of Godzilla ever. His uh, atomic breath probably the best response to atomic breath ever, in my opinion, for Godzilla because it's not just a laser this time; it's a fucking nuke. He shoots it, like, he, it, it charges up, like it usually does, it charges from his tail up, and, like, you see his spines pop out of his body and start to charge more. He actually inhales a lot of energy, and then you see him fire it, and it's not, like, a line or a beam that he, like, burns multiple 
buildings with or cuts buildings down, three or four buildings down. He aims it at one location, it hits, and then it fucking explodes. It is the most brutal um, atomic breath you will ever, in my opinion, you probably the second most brutal, because um, Shin Godzilla's major atomic breath was wild. Um, yeah, it just, it was a really good story, and I just, I was in awe. Like, it, it's not often that I go to the movies anymore when I do go to the movies and people are clapping at the end of the movie. That that's, is true. That, that is true. That, that's what kind of a movie this was. Like, it, it, it does, to me, in my opinion, it did what Wakanda Forever couldn't do. It made a good movie about a serious topic that also involved a maybe not so serious thing. Wakanda Forever was a movie about grief and about uh, dealing with death that involved superheroes. Not that great of a movie. Godzilla minus minus one, a movie about grief and about uh, overcoming your your uh, your your own grief and 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 feelings of of fail failing. But it also involves a giant fucking lizard that can breathe lasers. Like it did well what Wakanda Forever couldn't do, and it was like half as long. It was only like an hour and a half, an hour and forty minutes, something like that. So it was at okay. least an hour shorter. <laughs> um, but yeah, it 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 was. It was such a good movie. I wanted to see. It. I want to see it again. I want to watch it again. Um, and like it, it, it builds up to like at the end potentially there's more Godzilla. Which, if it truly is a a predecessor to the original 1954 Godzilla, that's what it's setting up is 1954 Godzilla. Because every iteration of Godzilla, every Toho iteration of Godzilla technically takes place after 1954's Godzilla. So, in in the 70s, they reference 1954's Godzilla. In the 90s, they reference 1954's Godzilla. Like, Godzilla vs. Destroya, the reason he fights Destroya is because it's called Destroya because they used the Oxygen Destroyer and it mutated uh, some sea creatures that, that created Destroya. Like, that's why. Like, and they use the Oxygen Destroyer in 1954's Godzilla to stop Godzilla. I also liked that this was more about a local's response to Godzilla because of it's still post-war. It's still in the 40s at this time. Oh, the yeah, movie. right. It's still in the 40s, and there's still issues with the Soviets, with, 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 um, with Russia and the Soviets. It's, I guess, technically Cold War era. I don't really know. I don't know uh, when the, the Cold 40s War actually were, started. I think the... The fifties were more where that really started. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's but but it, there's still tensions between U U.S. and Russia or U.S. and the Soviets that like the 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 Japanese couldn't actually mount a counteroffensive. They were being deweaponized and demilitarized. So the response to stopping Godzilla had to be a local's response. It had to be ex-military's response, and they barely got approval to use de-weaponized, demilitarized uh, uh, battleships to fight him. And so they had to use, like, makeshift weapons and things like that in order to fight him. And it was, like, it was a very interesting and cool, like, way to go about it. And the way they, like, defeat Godzilla in this was, like, I, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool. Um, and it gives the lead character his, like, his sort of redemption. Um... Obviously, it is it is something that you kind of see from a mile away, like oh, this is how it's gonna go. But it's still like it's still the point of like he he did what he meant to do, kind of thing. 
Uh, so, like, the very end sequences of what they do to stop Godzilla, like, not what they do, but what he does to stop Godzilla, as well as what happens after that, you kind of, like, know that's gonna happen, but it's still, like, it was, it was portrayed very well, and, like, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, somebody who's really well, who knows a lot of, like, Japanese media, Japanese movies, so I don't really know the actors and actresses in this, but they, they all did a great job. They were all fantastic, and uh, man, I I loved this movie. It is probably my favorite Godzilla movie of all time. Probably, in my opinion, the best Godzilla movie of all time. Like it now goes minus one Shin Godzilla, nineteen fifty four, and the rest down below. Okay, yeah, it's it was it was good. It was so good. Like yeah, I just I loved it. I loved it so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, it's I. I went on a little bit of a rant on Twitter today. It was only three posts. Or, like, three... Yeah, three posts. About the fact... Of, about... Uh, because we got the trailer for Godzilla Cross Kong. Or is it... Is Godzilla first or is it Kong first this time? I don't remember. But, like, I went on a little bit of a rant. Because I, as I was, like, thinking about Godzilla Minus One, I'm like, you know... Legendary really MCU'd the fuck out of the, the, the monster brain. And what I mean by that is they took the big bad and they brought him in way too soon. Just like I feel like they did with Thanos. I feel like Thanos is too big of a big, is, is such a big bad that maybe they should have waited, or maybe Thanos might, might, it should have been maybe like one of the last things they, the Thanos and the Infinity Stones should have been maybe the last thing they fight because the Infinity Stones are just the power to control the entire galaxy and whatnot. Um, yeah, but there are all, like, Thanos is actually not the biggest Avengers threat. No, but, like, I, I mean, look, they, they did it, they, I feel like, basically what I'm saying is I feel like Endgame should have ended the MCU. Yeah, but it makes billions of dollars, so. It does, it does. And Godzilla with Ghidorah, that is the big bad. Ghidorah is Which one's Ghidorah again? Three-headed Three dragon. Okay. Yeah. He is the big bad. And... For them to bring him out in the second Godzilla movie, and also bring out Mothra, who dies in that movie, and then mention that there is, in, in the credits, mention another Mothra, so potentially Batra, potentially another Mothra, potentially both, um, uh, uh, egg somewhere, but not bring her back during Godzilla vs. Kong. It just, it, to me, they, they really, they, 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 they rushed it too much. Because I would love to see a modern telling of some of the other, maybe a little bit more obscure, uh, monsters to showcase, like, what they, they were about. Hidora is a sludge monster about pollution. You know what's really a major problem nowadays? The great, great Pacific, uh, uh, trash, uh, island in, in the Pacific Ocean. Like. Nah, that's Hi fine. Hidora can come from that. And maybe have Hedorah control the climate as well or something like that. Be like, oh, climate change is a major issue. Like, make Godzilla mean something again and not just be Americanized. Oh, look, giant monsters fighting giant monsters, and that's what it is. What I'm hearing is make Godzilla great again. <laughs> yes! Yes! Make Godzilla great again. Absolutely. Are you sure, are you sure that's the, the 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 stance you want to take? Mega. I, My I mega. Yeah. Mega. <laughs> Look, I don't want to say Miga because, like, <laughs> as one letter too far, too too close to another word that I don't want to say. Um, but yeah, like make make Godzilla mean something. This is what Toho did. Godzilla means something. This movie means something to you. 
Uh, no, like if you, you, I'm telling, like take, don't take out Godzilla because then you're you're, you're going to have an incomplete movie if you take out Godzilla. But like, watch the movie for what it's supposed to be about. It's not about a it, like watch a movie for what it's supposed to be representing, and that's always what Godzilla was was a representation or not always. But the first Godzilla, the first ever Godzilla, was a representation. Shin Godzilla was a representation. Like, any new iteration... Like, Godzilla initially was a representation of the atomic bomb. It was supposed to be, like, here's how we handle this, or here's here's how the country comes back from it, and things like that. And it's I, it's just, like, I want, I want Godzilla to mean more than just giant flashy monster fight. Look, now don't get me wrong, I'm still going to see Godzilla cross Kong... Uh, whatever the new fucking movie's called. And I'm still gonna root for Pink Godzilla and King Kong. But, like, I also don't like the idea that they're introducing the, the fucking Scar King, whoever the fuck he is. Like, what is this? What about, what about Gigan and Megalon, man? Like, give me good Godzilla villains. I wanna see a modern day Megalon or modern day Gigan. That would be fantastic. I don't know who any of these are. So, uh, Gigan is the one with Sice on his hands and a buzzsaw on his chest. Um, and Megalon is the bug with, uh, drill, 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 drills for hands. Hidora was the sludge monster. Biolante was a fucking plant monster. Like. Yeah, I mean, I remember you talking about all, all of these things at one point I, or another, but I don't, I, because I, I've never watched any of them. Like, I haven't. I know. Like, I don't retain what any of them look like or what they do. I know. But it's just like, that's just, it's, it's my little rant of like, they, they, they fought. They fought. They fought Ghidorah, and then they made a big deal about his head still being there at the end. And then it's like, oh, what they did is they put Ghidorah's brain into Mecha Godzilla. Fuck that. That's stupid. I want Mecha Ghidorah. If you're going to do that, you bring Mecha Ghidorah into this. Yeah, you don't obviously, put... obviously, they have to build to that. Everyone knows Mecha no, Godzilla. But that's the thing. They built Mecha, Mecha Godzilla. Is is. In, in the Monsterverse, the reason Mechagodzilla, like, turns on humanity, because Mechagodzilla was built to fend off the Titans, the reason it turns on humanity is because they put Ghidorah's brain into Mechagodzilla, and that's why it turns. And I'm just like, alright, so then what are you gonna do with the rest of Ghidorah? You had his entire fucking head, you took his brain, you put it into something, and now its brain is destroyed. Like, I guess we're not getting Mechagodzilla? You don't know that. Which, but magic, also... Man. But also, Mecha Ghidorah was a hero, not a villain, um, uh, when he showed up. Because Ghidorah was technically a hero when he showed up. No, yeah, 50-50. Um, but yeah, that was, that's just, that was my little rant on, on the MonsterVerse. Like, there, there, it's, 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 it's its own kind of movie. Like, it's hard to compare the MonsterVerse to other Godzilla, because it is, it's, they, it's a, although, it's very American. It's a disaster yeah, movie. It's not. Yes, it, it's, it has no message. It has no point. It's just a yeah. disaster movie. Yeah. And look, the later the later versions of like the, some of the Godzilla movies also didn't have like a real point to them. Later on, some of them were just oh, we have these giant costumes. Let's keep fighting them. But like they 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 focused more about the humans handling different situations, and the monsters were just fighting in the background for most of it because it was still something that like humans had to deal with, humans had to react to, and it always did have maybe a minor point to it. Later on, they did start to just focus on monster fights, and then you have the uh, Godzilla two thousand or whatever. No, what was it? The Millennium Godzilla? What was that one? Where they fought like super 
Super Weapon X. I can't. Wasn't remember. it like Godzilla, like, God, like uh, God, destroy Godzi- all monsters or something? God, no, no, Godzilla, Godzilla Wars. Was that what it was? That sounds like a word. Godzilla Final Wars, which uh, that was a 2004 movie, and they even say it's the Final Wars, and I was like, oh, they said it. Um, that one, that one was wild. That one was wild, and that was the last Toho film before Legendary, I believe. Is Legendary who's doing them now? Legendary. Well, Legendary is the the, the MonsterVerse stuff. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I thought. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to say about Godzilla minus one? It's it's a great movie. Uh, don't bring don't bring kids under the age of ten. Um, because it is all. If you're gonna go see it in theaters, which you only have at this point with the release, you maybe have like an hour. Uh, to go see it. Um, it is. It's all subtitled. Uh, so be prepared to know that it's subtitled. And if you're going to bring a child, make sure they can read pretty fast. Make sure they can, they know how to read subtitles. And, um, yeah, know that, like, there's going to be a lot of death, destruction, like, blatantly flat out right in front of you, death and destruction. Like, Godzilla eating monsters, eating humans and throwing them against walls and stepping on them and you seeing their bodies. At one point, Godzilla steps down, crushes the sidewalk, which lifts the street in front of it. And you just see the people's bodies fly up and then smash onto the ground and like heads crack like right in front of the screen. Like don't don't maybe maybe don't bring kids to this. This is not like super kid friendly movie. Yeah, it sounds it sounds very kid friendly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's as kid it's as kid friendly as the multiverse of madness scene was. Well, with like the Muppets. No Muppets. It, it was a joke because they did the deadites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I guess I guess moving along, um, I played a game that we picked up at PAX last week uh, called Sushi Boat. Nice. Yeah, it it was a fun little game. Um, and I mean, it's, I guess it's not super little. Um, you get like a big wooden boat board out of it. Um, I talked about it a little bit, just like what it was supposed to be uh, when we talked about PAX last week. But it's supposed to be like a conveyor sushi belt like restaurant yeah. where you are like a patron and you're eating sushi. Um, and the 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 idea of the of the game, like most games, is to finish the game with the most points. Um, there are a couple ways that you get points in the game. Um, at the end of every turn, at, th- at the very least, at the end of your turn, you take the plate of sushi in front of you. Um, the idea is you want to have a large variety of sushi because, like, so it's five different colored like plates, and then each plate has like a different sushi on it. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to say there are seven types of sushi. So, ideally, you want to get as many sets of all seven as you can, regardless of the color. Um, But on top of that, you also get bonus points for having, in your stack, like, runs of the same color. So, if you get, like, four four red plates in a row, you get, like, a little bonus for that. Now, it's going to hurt you if they're all, like, the same type of sushi. So, you don't want to get, like, you don't want all red plates if they're nothing but shrimp. Um, which I accidentally did because I didn't realize I, was, I picked up so many shrimp plates. Um, shrimp is good, though, so I don't blame you. Yeah, no, it's delicious. And then um, the the turn order, we actually messed up a little bit at first because we, we didn't... The rule... It's not that the rules were written poorly. It's just we interpreted them wrong. So once you get the game set up, you you, you fill the you fill the board with, with um, plates of sushi. And then for a two-player game, there were one, two, three, four, five... There were like six different potential spots that you could put your your piece. And the idea is every turn you move to a different spot on the sushi bar. 
So this way you were never in the same spot twice. Um, mm-hmm. Now, during a two-player game, all six spots have a um, have an employee card assigned to them that you assign randomly. And then um, if you're playing, I think it's four players or more, you actually get um, four additional spaces that you can like put your characters in. Because otherwise it gets a little chaotic only having six and having five players. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the 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 uh the thing you can't do in a two player game though is put your play your player in the same row as your opponent. Mm-hmm. So the board is broken up into like little segments. So if I'm on the left side of the board, Erica couldn't put hers directly across from mine. Like I'm in that row. So she has yeah. to go to one of the other spots. So there's a little bit of like strategy there to like try and block people from being able to get like a, a, a bigger run of the same color or to land on one of the employees if they think that they're going to use the employee on their turn. Um, mm-hmm. So on your turn, the first thing you do is you flip over a card from from the card and you just immediately drop it into like a, a discard pile face up. And the card is going to have some something that it can do. Um, there are cards that give you bonus points at the end of the game based on like different combination of things. So I had one that was... If you if your stack is smaller than your opponent's at the end of the game, uh, you get six extra points. Um, I also had one that if you have at least four red plates and four yellow plates, you get six extra points at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were different combinations of that and like different stipulations for different ones. Um, and then there are other cards that have some sort of like in the game bonus, essentially, like. Um, Play this card and you you get an extra plate of sushi from anywhere on the board. Or play this card and if you get a wasabi challenge, which I'll talk about in a second, you don't have to do the challenge. You just get the points for it. Um, Those cards in particular also have a little stipulation in the top right corner that is either a red like, like garbage sign or like a green arrow sign. If it's a green arrow sign that you flip over, you just refill refill the sushi board. So, like, you, you put a new piece sushi plate at the end, and you push everything up until all the spots are filled again. If it's the red garbage sign, you actually fill the board until you push the furthest plate into the trash. So, depending on, like, how the cards get flipped, sometimes you might have to add, like, five new plates to the to the board before, like, you fill it up again. Um, mm-hmm. So, it keeps everything moving a little bit, and you kind of end up potentially losing plates um, that you have to wait until... You get a wasabi challenge for them to get cycled back into like the draw bag for for new plates to go onto the belt. Um, now, once you do that, you do whatever the card tells you to do uh, as far as the trash or or move thing goes. Then you decide where on the board you want to move your pawn to. Uh, from there, you can do one of three things: you can either pay one yen to do whatever the um, the employee at your spot does. So, like, there's a cat card that the cat lets you take a plate out of the trash and add it to your stack. There's, um, like, a chef card that lets you just take one wasabi cube, which which adds um, adds points to your game at the end. And then there's, like, other ones that let you um, reorder your stack of plates. Like, you can take, like, a plate off the top and put it anywhere in the stack that you want. Like, stuff like that. Um, you can also pay one yen to buy the top card on the discard pile. So, like, that's how you get that card into your hand, by, like, paying for it during your turn. Um, you can buy more than one one card, but you can only ever have two. So, if you if you have two and you go to buy a third one, you have to discard one of the two you have already. Um, and then there's a few, like, optional things you can do. But the last main thing you can do is, if you don't want to pay anybody, 
you just take one yen from the bank. So you kind of like accumulate a little money that way. Um, and then the last main portion of your turn is to take the plate of sushi in front of you and add it to your stack. And you're always adding it to the top of your stack. You cannot go reorder your stack or look through your stack. So you have to keep somewhat of like an idea of what plates you've been grabbing so you can try and keep that variety going. Um, and then as far as like optional stuff goes, you can like if you have cards that are playable, you can play a card anytime during your turn. Um, you can actually pay your opponent anytime during your turn to take them off of the board so that you can put your pawn wherever they were sitting, like which can be super useful if you're trying to get like that um, that particular plate or the um, the thing from the the worker or trying to block them from potentially doing the same thing um, like from getting the plate in, in this case. Yeah. Um, and then th- there are these cards called Wasabi Challenges that I mentioned where when you flip them over, the way the board is set up, there are two plates of sushi that are fully hidden like in the top of the board. Like there's like a little piece of wood that goes over it that you take two of these little cubes that, that the game comes with. And on your little player board, you have you have um, all four or all five possible colors of plates in like little circles. And you're supposed to like like cover your board put your two cubes on the two colors that you think the hidden plates are. And then you refill the board until you push both of those plates out. And if you guess the right color, you get that that cube. If you guess both of them, you get both cubes. One of them, you get one cube. None of them do the cubes go back into the bank and you, and you try again later. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that is that is both... The, the wasabi challenge is how you get these wasabi cubes in the most kind of bulk. Um, there's four of those in the game. So there's four times for that to happen. It's also how you um, get the stuff in the trash back into the bag for for pulling, so that you can keep filling. Excuse me, keep filling the uh, the board up. And the game just ends after you flipped over all the cards. So the more players you have in the game, the more cards you actually keep in the deck to start. Um, and it like we took, I want to say it was ten cards out of the deck to start. Um, and it the game says thirty to sixty minutes. Um, and it probably t- we probably played for like two hours, but that was like two hours of like figuring out the rules and realizing we fucked up a little bit. Like when we were playing initially, we were flipping the cards and we thought we were supposed to do the thing on the card. Mm-hmm. Um, like if it said like take an take an extra plate of sushi, we were taking an extra plate of sushi. Um, it just so happened that Erica got those every time, so she had like six more plates than I did at the end. Um, nice. And we actually ran out of plates of sushi for the game. Because that's not how it was supposed to be played. <laughs> so there were a couple times where like extra plates were just like it like it was like like a comedy of errors with how many plates were being used. And I'm like looking back at the rules, I'm like, the rule book says that we shouldn't run out of plates. But like we we have like a significant amount of plates that we don't have to fill the board back up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um luckily it was like much earlier than that. Like it was before we ran out of plates that we realized that we were we were doing the turn order incorrectly and so like we remedied that but we were it was already too far gone like i wasn't going to be like all right well let's like put all the plates back that we think we got from from doing the cards wrong like it was just the two of us it didn't really matter but it was just one of those funny like oh yeah no we totally misinterpreted what this rule meant um yeah but like it it, it's simple once you get the hang of it it makes a lot more sense probably makes a lot more sense than what i just explained um I can definitely seeing it be like a 30 minute game if you're like two or three people playing probably closer to an hour with five just because you're going to there's that like thinking element of where should I move to and do I want to spend a yen to to do one of the things um, 
and then the game does add in a bunch of optional rules that you can also do. Um, and they, they luckily have that at the, like the back and it's like, these are optional. Like you can, you can do these if you want. It has to do with like pairings and stuff like that, but like, you don't have to like, you can just skip all that and just play the, the game as intended. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was a good Sounds time. Good. I enjoyed it. We're, we're, we're probably, we're talking about like probably playing it again, either like sometime during the week or like over the weekend, just to like get a game in where like we don't fuck it up just to see like if it plays as smoothly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like it, it was a good. It was a nice, quick game. Like it's definitely like almost in the vein of that um, uh, Suro game, where like once you understand how to play it, like like people can move very quickly with it, um, with like minimal setup really, because it's just load all the things into the board and then you start going. Yeah. Like there's not like a bunch of weird cardboard things to set up or anything. So yeah, yeah. good times. Nice. It to me, it sounds like a very much more difficult version of Go of uh, Sushi Go. That that's like the card game, right? I think I yeah. I demoed that at a PAX once. It is yeah, a little bit I, different than that, um, but like it definitely, like I can see where you'd think the the similarities are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it was a good time. I will say yeah. that. I'll have to take your word for it because um, I I don't I I have to see the game in front of me to really understand what you were saying. Yeah, that's why I said like it probably makes more sense if if you could see it or play it, but. Like not a hard, it was not a hard game to play, um, and like once we once we understood it, like it actually moved it moved very nicely, and like the game itself is just like it's a very well made game. Like the board is wood, the pieces slide on it really nicely. Um, it comes with an actual little ceramic dish for the um, for the wasabi cubes. The wasabi cubes are like nice, like acrylic, like green, like see through cubes. Um, the the box itself just has like a good feel to it. Everything was like packaged really nicely. It came with like extra little baggies and like boxes to um help you organize stuff better. Like mm-hmm. just just overall, like it was a sixty dollar game, and like it it feels like sixty dollars worth of quality. That's good. Nice. Yeah. Whereas like I think that uh, like we talked about a little bit last week, like that Nexus Infernum game. Like not that that game wasn't good, but like again, sixty dollars, like nothing felt real quality in there. Like the instructions were a little lacking. The pieces were just pretty standard cardboard. It was just, it was a lot of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but this, like, wood and, and ceramic and plastic, and they did a good job with it. It's, it's a Japanime game. Like, it was over at, like, the booth that sells all the anime-themed games. Yeah, um, makes sense. But, yeah. Uh, anything else either you guys want to talk about, though? No. Mm, no. Not all right. Week. Well, in that case, uh, we will wrap it up for this week. Um, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. But if you can't support us there with your dollars, you can always go to your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. All of it helps. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash one quest video. And you can always send us an email to social at one dash quest.com. Uh, and Rich, what is your streaming looking like? Uh, Twitch.tv slash B underscore one on square and video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Um, after this week, I am giving Timmy some time off so I can focus on playing all the RPGs. So it'll primarily just be, um, Baldur's Gate and uh, Sea of Thieves on my streams, uh, or eventually um, 
the Star Ocean remaster or Shenmue. Uh, I had somebody say that they were going to redeem points for something else, but that wasn't an RPG. Uh, but they have not redeemed the points yet, and I don't have the money to get that game, and it's only on sale until Thursday, so that game will be a bit away. But yeah, just come hang out. Mostly RPGs and Sea of Thieves for now. Nice. Cool. And with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.